0: Welcome to the Mastering the Mind podcast. Today we welcome Macaulay Owen to the podcast. Macaulay is a professional boxer. He has boxed for 10 years now and was awarded the scholarship at Coventry University while studying a degree in sport and exercise science.
1: Throughout his time at university, he has won the senior elite lightweight gold at the Haringai Box Cup twice, which is the biggest box cup in Europe, a national title and two gold medals at the British University Championships. Since he has completed a master's degree in sport and exercise nutrition, after 75 amateur fights, he decided to turn professional after receiving a contract from Queensbury Promotions when his debut fight last week. So let's welcome Macaulay to the podcast.
2: Yo, guys, what's How up, on? man? Hi, guys. You good? You? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Very good. Yourself? Yeah, yeah not
1: bad. i um, in a bit of a, a dead setup today because uh, I was in a rush back from work. I didn't have time to travel home, so I brought my podcast over with me to my mum's. So I'm in a I'm in a different setup, but here we are. Best time of the week. You yeah. had a busy day.
2: Uh, yeah, it's been mad. Just been moving out. <clears throat> just some touch and Given the house, a clean myself, and that service. So it we sort was of a bit mad in the minute, getting all new stuff for the house. Are
1: oh, you moving into a house?
2: Yeah, yeah. Just, just moving out with my dad's now. Finally. Are you on yeah.
1: your you on your own, or are you moving in with a yeah? Yeah, moved by myself. Yeah. Nice. You looking forward to it? Oh, buzzing, mate. My own space and that. Oh, can't, yeah.
2: can't wait. Did you move away join uh, your uni or? Yeah, yeah. 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 And then they come back because of um, COVID and that. And then finally, post-COVID, moving out. Yeah. Time to set to the plane, take things on myself, innit? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's something, I- gone. on.
0: I was going to say like I can completely relate like going to uni and then having to come back to the parents is never never easy like adapting to their kind of lifestyle and stuff. Ollie you're lucky you're uh it's been a couple of years no? now that you're up.
1: Yeah that's just something I couldn't I just couldn't do it like I, I moved straight luckily I've got a girlfriend so like I moved in with her straight away and uh <laughs> yeah like last two or three years I've been out of uni really I've um I've been living away from home and just loving it. I don't. I don't think I could go back to being told what to do, like all yeah, the jobs it. and that around the house. Like, oh, I don't even mind doing it. It's just when I'm told to do something, I just, oh, I just can't do it. It's
0: <laughs> just a weird dynamic because, like, you're a grown man, and then I mean, like, they're telling you to do like chores and stuff like around the house. Like, fair play, you you have to contribute, but it's like just weird, isn't
1: it? I suppose yeah. if you have got younger siblings, you can just uh, dust it off to them.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> the youngest, but. I No one else is here, so, just me.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, in terms of the podcast, uh, a great place we like to start, and for the listeners to get to know who you are, talk us through your journey to date. So, from growing up to where you are now, who is
2: Macaulay Owen? Uh, Yeah, a little old me, mate. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so, growing up and that, obviously went through schools, Obviously, went went to went through primary schools and this and that, and uh, ended up going to secondary school. I, I was quite quite a naughty kid, got asked to leave one secondary school, joined another one, and that's when I like decided to take up boxing as well because I was quite an angry kid, you see. I used, yeah. to, used to like to fight in that. Okay. So uh, I think that's why this school didn't like me so much. Um, yeah. But yeah, as soon as I moved, started boxing then, obviously my parents agreed to let, let me try it out. Uh, and that seemed to settle my nerve really. Uh, you learn to channel all, all your aggression, or your anger into something else. Um, you know, and it's it sort me out really and then got, got finished school with some good GCSEs and that good enough to get me into college. Went to sixth form, studied psychology and, and uh obviously BTEC sport. And then halfway through that I decided to go to a boxing academy ace in Birmingham, uh, which means I was able to box half the day and then study the, the other half, which was obviously very beneficial for my boxing. Yeah. Uh and from there, yeah, really, what well, boxing's just taken over. Um got my got good enough grace to get into uni. Uh I had a gap a gap year where I went to work for a year. Um I was labouring, uh, earning money, obviously. Thought thought that was the best route for me, but halfway through doing that I realised maybe not like that. <laughs> what <laughs> was you doing? I was I was resurfacing the roads and resurfacing footpaths. Okay. Like, unlike tarmacking
1: Yeah, I did a bit of that. Um when I come back from it uh... At winters during uni, I'd do like uh, drop curbs and uh, tarmac and, and things like that, and yeah. uh, oh, it's, it's a killer. As I still graph now, I uh, I own a gardening company, and um, so that's Perfect. sort of, that's sort of what I do to earn money whilst I'm still on my way up in the psychology. But um, it sort of brings me back down to earth a little bit, um, yeah. keeps me humble.
2: So no, nah, I, I like it. To be fair, yeah, that's good, man. It's good, it's good to keep yourself active as well, isn't it? But yeah, I always <laughs> say, if I had like a proper job. As such, I would like to be a labourer because just being active, being out, you, you have a laugh with your mates at the same time. You ain't stuck in an office. Like, That's what I mean. Say, yeah, it's a good way to go about it.
1: Yeah, because at the moment, I've I've um, I've um got my cousin on board with me. And ever since I got him in, it's like we're just bantering all day and earning money whilst doing it. And it's just, just a just laugh.
2: It's not Yeah.
1: <laughs> Normally, like getting up, because I'm getting up at like half five in the morning and it's like, I used to, I used to hate it. But now, especially with someone like, that you actually like, it's uh, it's it's absolutely
2: class. Yeah, I love that, it. That's the thing, though, mate. When you start working with someone you don't like, oh ooh. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but yeah. So carrying on from that, uh, from your labourium, yeah. So obviously decided, um, decided I fancied a, a career in sport. Really, I love sport my whole life. Throughout school, playing football, um, I played football at a decent level. Then went on to rugby. So well, I've been surrounded by sport my whole life and then obviously chose boxing. I chose to drop off football and rugby and just take take on boxing. Um, so yeah, I decided to go, go to uni. Uh, obviously did, did sports science undergrad at Commons University. Uh, managed to get myself on the on on scholarship scheme there. So they took took care of all my all my sporting needs. So nutrition, psychology, S and everything was sorted. Uh, so I just lived that life so, through through my undergrad. Um, <coughs> Then decided yeah to, to to do sports nutrition as, as a master's because I wanted to take a step forward. It, it was more so for myself, for um obviously for my own career. I thought what better degree, what better knowledge to to gain than uh, obviously sports nutrition, especially in, in a combat sport where you gotta make weight all the time. Um spent too long yo-yo dieting, like putting on a load of yeah. weight, crashing, crashing it off because you don't know how to lose it properly. Um so yeah, the, the knowledge of going through that is, is set me ahead, like especially for, for my own career. Uh so yeah, I finished my master's. At the end of master's, COVID struck. Um, wow. so yeah, managed to get my dissertation done during COVID, uh during that the, the lockdown. Uh and then yeah, from there decided to turn professional. Uh the amateur scene was pretty much closed. There was there was no no like, competition coming up no no, like, really foreseeable competitions coming up so I decided to start building towards a professional game because there, there's a there's a big transition there and yeah finally last week uh, yeah got, got my debut cool. so yeah it's got year and a half later year and a half out of the ring got the debut and yeah got got the first round stoppage so I get that in there as well <laughs>
0: massive congratulations yeah thank
2: awesome. you very much thank you that was but- awesome.
0: But just taking it back, so who kind of introduced you to boxing? Was it someone close or did someone tell you to try out boxing to to channel all that energy or how did that come about?
2: Nah, I, I, I wanted to, like I always wanted to. I, I always spoke with my dad and uh, always wanted to. Like I said, I liked to fight as a kid. So what a better thing to do than, than boxing? Um, mm. And he, he didn't let me do it, obviously, because I was quite naughty outside. So he didn't think it was, it was right for me. Um, yeah, I thought thought I might use it use it in the wrong way, and then yeah, eventually yeah, he just let me do it. Like you, you hear about all the all the legends of the names, like you have the Ricky on when you growing up and that, and the, the Manny Pacquiao's and that, and like I just love to love to watch people fight. I love to fight. So you know, it was just a just a godsend that he finally let me go and uh, and start. Yeah. And, uh, did you I, find?
1: I, did you find getting into a boxing gym helped you become more disciplined outside of the gym
2: in terms of your fighting? Yeah. That, that's that's what i mean that, that's what i mean like, from that day really i am not I'm not a big like not a fighter outside the ring job you know i mean i, I have yeah, a lot yeah. of people um i have a lot of people respect for people inside the ring and outside the ring lock like, i know how much damage it can do um hitting someone outside the ring um and never mind that you, you hurt your hands you, yes. you know, it's just it's just it's just pointless like um fighting outside the ring but yeah, definitely. It channeled all my aggression. Like, obviously, I spent day in day out. I was, I was at the gym five days a week. My dad used to take me and sit sit there watch me while I trained. Um, so probably six days a week too. But even on the weekend, I'd be training. Um, yeah. And then obviously play football on a Sunday, so I probably wouldn't do do boxing. Um, but yeah, you just channelled. You know, I didn't have anywhere near as as much energy to, to to be aggressive really. So I was knackered yeah, from yeah. boxing. So you don't have the That's energy to, to misbehave, and. That.
1: Well, we've got an up and coming boxer here, John Braid. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's recently got into boxing, I'm yeah. having
0: lessons in that. How you find it, John? Yes, it's actually harder than I thought. Like the tech, there's so much technique involved, and you have to think of so many things at once. So, like foot placement, um, uh, you know, like putting your fist. Like you know, th- it's just small things like that that you don't that you don't notice when you're watching a, a boxing match. So, like, I have so much respect now for. Uh, for boxers you know like it's and it's tough it's physically it's tough honestly it's uh it's a killer it's a killer but it's uh it's really fun to to learn a new sport a lot
1: for anyone like trying to get into boxing um i can understand because to be fair i i'm quite the same like i'd love to go to a boxing gym but for an outsider going into a boxing gym can be quite intimidating would you give any sort of advice for someone trying to get into boxing about these sort of boxing
2: gyms yeah, to do a jump in head first like, you just, yeah, just yeah. Have, like so honestly the boxes might seem big scary and uh and violent but they're not like honestly the so the the best people i've met in life is in the boxing gym you have people from every single corner of the world in a boxing gym you have the the rich people the poor people going from from every nation do you know what i mean yeah and everyone just seems to just click when they get in the boxing ring that's why i love it so much there um I've literally, I've met people who are literally millionaires in the gym, I've met people who've literally got nothing to their name, but just being in the boxing community itself, it does just bring everyone together. So anybody thinking, oh yeah, it's a little bit intimidating that, just chuck yourself in there, speak to them, like, because they're the nicest lads, they might be the toughest lads, the hardest lads you might know, but they're also the nicest lads and the ones that are going to take care of you, the ones that look after you, so honestly, like, the boxing gym's hard the place to be. Yeah. (laughs)
1: from the outside looking in it looks like every boxing gym sort of got them right values about them that it's a foundation for anything in life not just boxing you know um did you have any inspirations growing up in boxing you talk about uh, Pacquiao and Ricky Hatton is there any others that were your main sort of inspirations
2: uh, i'll say that those two names are really the, the, the ones for me uh, Ricky Hatton as such cuz he's such a big name for, for the for the for the british called not british People and um, obviously it's fans and support, it's just like mesmerising, isn't it? Like to have that many people there supporting you, mm. bringing the experience for both Ricky Atton and for the fans. Like that, that's what the dream is really. I've yeah. got to realise myself as well. Like even if I wasn't, don't get me wrong, I wasn't selling anywhere near as many tickets to Ricky, Atton, but to see the look on people's faces when they come to support you, and for, for them to have had that experience through something that you were doing, it's just like that. that that's uh, very, very rewarding. Like hey, you're only at the start. You may be
1: selling them tickets soonish. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Especially getting on a podcast like this. <laughs> oh god! But um, in terms of the other sports you were into when you was a kid, um, was any of them sort of competing that you'd want to go and have a career in, or was it just mainly boxing for you?
2: Well, no, like to be fair, I loved I loved, I loved football right, right the way through. You know, and I started playing rugby when I was in. Year seven, I think, secondary school, and then uh, I, was, I was quite a, quite a chubby kid, so uh, they stuck me in a uh, hooker. They stuck okay. me, yeah, little, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little
1: lad in hooker. I swear, <laughs> every hooker I've
2: met. <laughs> yeah, oh, I loved it. I, I soon fell in love with that as well. Like, I just love sport, like, any sport, be it, as a kid. Uh, obviously, football was my main one. Uh, I was a d- decent level up but I probably wasn't quick enough probably but I played left back uh, so yeah. left <laughs> back in the changing rooms <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, lo- I love that as well to be fair um, well yeah r- r- rugby was probably one that, that I picked up on and, and, and enjoyed the more but I, I had back surgery I, I broke my back when I was a kid Um, Jeez. so the, the, the pain through for, for that like obviously I, I could just deal with it in football I just had pains from my legs and knees and hips Um. I dealt with it, and then when I played rugby, I had to stop playing rugby because the pain just come too much to my hips. So I'd end up coming off like ten minutes into the match because yeah. it was just too much. Uh, and then, but, but the doctors in hospital didn't know what was wrong with me, so they was writing off as like arthritis, this and that, growing pains. <clears throat> and then eventually, they um, when I couldn't do no sport because I was in that much pain that like, like mom had to put put me into the bed, got uh, like, physically lift my legs up for me because I couldn't lift, like turn around to the bed. Uh, they finally put me through a hot full body MRI, and um, yeah, they they found two stress fractures in my back, and the disc had actually slipped forward. So it was time for time for some surgery, so I could carry on playing the sport. Uh, so yeah, that, that was why I had to stop boxing and um, stop rugby. And then after that, when I come back, I, I decided to um, yeah just just pursue boxing because I was a little bit more determined. I, I saw a career in that route. Over- How old- enjoyed-
0: How old were you when you got the the back injury?
2: Um, they're not actually so sure because I, I went so long. Um going through with it. Yeah, it's a bit mad when I tell people I broke my back like and just carried on through it. But um oh, but I, I reckon it was either when I was a kid, I like, could either stretched too far and uh like overstretched and just like cracked it, um, because the bones are still obviously quite soft. Um True. or playing football. Like, you know, taking the throw-ins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, had, yeah. I had the longest throws as a kid, so I used to take throw-ins all the time. And I mm-hmm. reckon, like doing that repetitive, like arch of the back, and then obviously taking the throw-in, uh, could have could have done the stress fractures that way as well.
0: Jesus.
2: Wow, yeah, when I was 15, I had, I had surgery on that, so I had to step away from boxing for the year. Obviously, get get that better first. Walking out of a back brace here, there, and everywhere, sitting at the boxing shows, watching, thinking that oh, I want to be boxing. I couldn't couldn't even like, run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
0: How did you kind of cope with that period, like that injury period? Because, you know, for, for someone like you that's in love with sports, that was always active, did you find it tough at the time to to kind of have to step back and watch maybe others, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah, very Like I sat there at championships. I've got pictures now of me sat front row at the championships watching these kids box, thinking, "I, I should yeah. be boxing today. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it, it was a bit of a blessing because I was doing my GCSE at the same time. So I took that time to, um, you know, knuckle down and get good grades so I could obviously so i could go to college and could, i had the chance to go to uni you know so. yeah
1: do you have any problems with it now or is it all sorted
2: nah so it's, it's all good uh i have to say it's all good for boxing medical so it's all good <laughs> nah, solid solid yeah. i
0: was i was, was going to ask you a quick question so you know from doing all those sports so football rugby did you learn anything from those sports that you could like um transfer to boxing because at a young age we're all encouraged to try out different sports because we learn you know aspects of different sports like teamwork etc did you kind of experience that or not so much
2: yeah it's strange you mentioned teamwork obviously rugby and football are team sports so i was very mm. I was very team oriented growing up i love being part of the team uh play, playing with obviously 11 with the football and more like in the rugby is it's, it's, it's real good um and yeah, it was kind of strange to separate it and go towards boxing where it's an individual sport, but like at the same sense, I prefer it because like I've always said, um, like you've only got yourself to rely on, like if, if if something goes right, it's down to you, if something goes wrong, it's probably down to you. Mm. Uh, it's it's how, how hard you prep it, you can prepare yourself for the fight, uh, get the shape you get yourself on, you're not relying on anyone else, you, you can't blame anyone else, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, in that sense, it's good for from football. Obviously, you, you just learn skills, don't you? Like Football and rugby, both you learn different skills, whether it's changing direction things like that. Okay, like it's it's all um, it goes across sport. Oh, well, that's what why I rate strength conditioning so much now, because obviously you've got your movement patterns. You learn those. You, you you build strength in certain uh directions, you know. Uh, so so yeah, so it, it kind of like crosses. Out. I'm very lucky to have played uh, footballer and rugby um, obviously to, to build that baseline like hand-eye coordination and, and this and that so uh, yeah for sure uh, but before we move on um, you talked earlier about obviously
1: your inspiration being like ricky hatton and you talked about yo-yo dieting uh, like going from one end to the other he was uh, renowned for that um, and obviously you've done your masters in nutrition i'm just wondering what sort of not Necessarily planned, but like, lifestyle do you do with nutrition? Is it counting calories, or like, how, how do you go about um staying fit
2: year round? Yeah, I mean, I'm putting a little bit of weight post fight now. Like, I just enjoyed myself for a few days, so yeah. it's simple, a little bit, but now, like it's one of them with nutrition isn't it where you, you can calorie count and obviously if you keep calories under a certain number but then you're not getting the right you can look at it like you're not getting the right macros you can literally eat all your calories through carbs and fuel all your training but your muscles are getting the, the, right, the right stimulus for the protein synthesis so you have to look like that I, I think because I've done it for so long now myself I don't necessarily count the calories but I know what I'm eating Yeah. Uh, purely on portion sizes um, I, a lot of the foods I eat are already like, like pre-packaged like, like packaged. packet you pack it um rice you you pack it um beans and stuff like that and the lentils uh use a lot of them because i know like how many calories is supposed to be in it i know what kind of ma- macros is in it um all, all my chickens well portioned out all, all my fishes use tins of tuna because it's already already portioned out just convenient um and i do find that it, like once you know what you're eating and the portion size you need to be eating and you know what what sessions are coming up what your goals are it, it kind of like it it fits in so I would say to people like if you can get a hand on it early on it's, it definitely put you in the best stead moving forward with your career in sport mm. okay
1: yeah I, I just found that super interesting <laughs> because obviously Ricky Hatton he'd go from one extreme to the other uh, especially yeah. prepping for fights how have you found have you ever had to really cut a load of weight for a fight or have you sort of been always tripping uh,
2: now nah, I do i do i I have cut that that's why I did sports nutrition I'm a master because I really want to like nip that in the books so you, you end up rather than boxing enjoying boxing for for the boxing element you end up making weight and you end up boxing it rather rather than enjoying the sport you end up making weight all the time it's just draining like it, yeah. it's absolutely it it takes the enjoyment away from boxing yeah uh, so luckily, I know what I'm doing now and I know to know to keep the calories in in um in check, um, so you don't put on a lot of weight. Uh, mm. Obviously, you can enjoy yourself with food and that. Uh, th- there was one time, especially when, when I first started uni, um, I cut about five kilos in two weeks. And it was like it just sapped to me. Like I went from I went from looking looking all right, how health, healthy to looking like a crackhead basically. <laughs> yeah, like I have seen
1: some videos like of the worst cuts ever, and it's like that Conor McGregor fight where oh, he nice. comes in and he's like his cheeks in, are just it. oh my god. I find like, it's just so <laughs> unhealthy, man. Oh yeah. man, I don't know how they do it. How have you found um, like do you know when they cut a load of weight and then they refeed after? Um, what sort of the weight difference there from from when you weigh in to when they refeed how much difference do you think that makes
2: in a fight um how much difference do i think this is this is some of i, I studies in my master's year so it's it's, it's quite, a, quite a quite a good topic um for, for striking sport the the research suggests that it doesn't make that much difference that, to, towards towards a uh, winning towards that the outcome of a win it doesn't actually make that much difference because obviously you strike it Whereas grappling sports where you are actually using the weight as a yeah. contribution, like that—that's that as that an association towards the winning. Uh, but okay. myself, I still think going into into a uh, competition it might just be a boxing, uh, boxing like cultural thing. Yeah. But I, I feel like in myself as well. Like I just regained three kilos going into competition, get into my last fight, and I know for well, I was I was a lot stronger, and I will continue to cut weight, and I will continue to use rapid weight loss methods to make weight, the whole throw away through my career because I know when I get back in the ring and I'm three, four kilos heavier, I do feel stronger and I do feel i in myself. you got that little bit more weight to push up against the person when you're inside close. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, like when they come in close for the clinch and that, you can push them away a little bit more. I feel like you got a little bit more power behind the shot. I'd rather be walking around 64 kilos and box it about like, sixty six, 59 and yeah. cut down to that and then regain and get back in the ring knowing that I'm Refueled, ready, like ready to go. Yeah. I seen your refueling. Snack was uh was a Jaffa cakes. Oh, it? <laughs> <laughs> can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Yeah. I do, yeah, I, I do. Obviously, I do do a little bit of sports nutrition on the side for a few athletes, and I have them all. Their, their pre-performance meal is a Jaffa cakes, man. Jaffa cakes and banana. Get it down Yeah, banana. Yeah, yeah. they are. They are the elite, like. Oh, God, has to man. be orange as well. I, I had somebody say to me the other day that they have some raspberry jaffa cakes like and I said, nah, they're not the ones. Like, no, nah. That has to be orange. You can't be doing that. Yeah. I can't relate.
0: They don't, they don't have that here in Belgium. So, um, oh, yeah. Well. Are they good? Am I missing out with lads?
1: You never had a jaffa cake?
0: Never. I've never had one. What? Do you remember? What? I think I had one and I gave it to you because I'm so generous. Oh, my
1: God.
2: <laughs> Who are I friends with? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that oh, needs okay. to be off your bucket list like get one of them Just send me
1: um, over guys send me uh, one over to yeah um, But um, yeah moving on to your university career how did you feel then when you were when you got offered this scholarship by Coventry University
2: yeah it was good it, it, was, the, it was the right thing for me at, at that time um, obviously to, to go to uni was was something in itself but to be able to be supported like for my athletic development as well. Uh, that, that was massive to me. um it's probably probably a, a big contributing factor as to why I went to uni like knowing that I was going to be sorted knowing that I was going to be able to uh, progress as a boxer because it, it like, drinking and that like it's not for me. I'll go I might go for a drink with my mates and that like uh, I have a couple but like, it's just it's just not well suited to me. I wanted to, I wanted to develop as a boxer. um Okay, like, even working away, I was still. We used to stay, we'd stay away in hotels, and that. I was still finding the clubs wherever we were staying So I could carry on boxing. So I didn't, I didn't go to uni to live that that uni lifestyle. Um, yeah. I went to uni obviously, and the scholarship scheme just, um, just like boosted me really. So made made it a dead set that I was going to go there because I was going to be able to be a better athlete by the time I finished.
0: Did you kind of find it hard to balance the demands of uni uh, with boxing, or not so much?
2: No, I did. I, I, I did really. Um, it wasn't easy. Like, a, like it. It's like it's like some people go out and drink all the time, and then obviously yeah. struggle to pick True. up a, their, their uni work. Whereas I like was we just trained all the time, and <laughs> struggled yeah. to pick up my uni work. So it, it was one of them. But no, it, it, it is tough, and sometimes I did have to drop off the pace with the boxing. Um sometimes I did have to, like, say, like there, there was the in, in my final year in my undergrad, I didn't enter the the, the nationals. Um, because I was doing my dissertation and I wanted to do well in that. I didn't want to think like I didn't want to go to uni and then not get good grades and, and come out obviously with boxing better but not a good grade. So I made so I took a step back with the boxing, didn't go in the nationals and finished with, with a decent grade. So that, that that was one thing I did have to do. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I probably could have, but I might not get I've got such a good grade and then I might have regret that that. So Yeah.
1: You talk about a lot about knuckling down on your GCSEs you talk about obviously you've done an undergrad you've done a master's why is education so important to you if you've got something planned for the future uh why is it so important for
2: you uh good good question really uh no i just i just wanted to uh, i'm one of these people that, that i strives to to do the best i can uh in, in things like that like whether it's boxing whether was education I, I wanted to do the best i can My like, uh, um yeah i'm quite quite critical of myself so if i didn't get a good grade i would i'd probably um be, be quite frustrated myself so that's that's probably why um okay. you probably find a lot a lot with athletes don't you um they have that they have that mindset that they, they, they want to do the best and be the best so that yeah. probably a factor as to why I, I decided to knuckle down and do it right like.
1: definitely Going to love bro like me and jonathan seen firsthand some of the athletes that were on our course are probably some of the most proactive students we've ever seen like yeah. john yeah. was uh john was in a group with holly bradshaw and what was she like john like yeah. unbelievable yeah
0: she uh she was basically leading the group it was uh, it was crazy um she, she really wanted that sense of control but like not in a negative way it was good like it, it if anything it helped us so much you know having that um that responsibility she she really enjoyed having that responsibility she was responsible for making like um all the presentations slides etc and it looked fantastic so uh so yeah that it it transfers like you know the the same thing transfers into education so yeah
2: yeah you, you do find that like it, it does the way, whether it's whether it's education whether you your, your sporting performance like you do want to do the best you do want to get good grades and like let like say her, her having the control yeah she's in control of what she's doing like so that's that's the same like whether it's any, anywhere isn't it mm-hmm. that's where you thrive. like yeah what was your uh dissertation on uh surprisingly combat sport and, and weight picking <laughs> the relationship between uh rapid weight loss methods and uh and combat sport yeah okay interesting find uh yeah yeah I found that obviously just like other combat sports boxers use rapid weight loss methods. Um, yeah. Whereas other studies have found that boxers don't don't necessarily uh, do it to such a high extent. Uh, but then my study found that within the the population that I used to, in England, obviously from up north down south, I have I have a lot of contacts across the across the nation in boxing, so um, contacted a lot of them. I think. My final number was 70
1: 70 odd jeez okay. uh, quant, quant, quantitative yeah for sure you are yeah yeah, yeah quantitative
2: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going
1: through that this yeah know. John <laughs> yeah, loves his man. John loves his qualitative
0: yeah I'm the opposite I hate uh statistics and stuff like that I had to go with the with the transcribing what people were saying stuff so uh, no. I can't
2: go for that then how many
0: how many uh it was like six or seven which is that's that's <laughs> the advantage you know what i'm saying like you can just use six seven but the time is spent analyzing what they've said that's really super time consuming so uh yeah there's pros and cons for both methods i guess
2: yeah i was i was fine happy finding the means and standard deviations and finding uh, some... i just
1: love <laughs> how black and white quantitative is rather than like qualitative so subjective yeah I, I, i've done both i've done qualitative on my masters but quant um my undergrad now. I think I still prefer um
2: quantitative. <laughs> it's just easier to, it's just easy to handle, isn't it? It's just, yeah. It's, it's easier to draw graphs from and stuff, isn't it, rather than writing it all out? 100 percent But one thing I won't miss is uh SPSS. Oh god,
1: the pain of my life that.
2: <laughs> um I even look, looked at it since my university is finished. Like, not. And I don't think I will need it. Oh, you should have
1: seen some of the exams we had to do on our, our Masters at Loughborough on SPSS. It was crazy. Yeah. It, was, it was like undergrad times a million how hard it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um, I uninstalled un- it instantly. Like once I, I was done with that module, uninstalled SPSS from my computer never using that again. Yeah, <laughs> weird. I probably but,
1: to- your coach, um, Shani Singh, uh, how important was he to you in developing as a boxer in, into the box you are today?
2: Uh, yeah, he, he has had a very big impact, really. Uh, whether it's the technical and tactical aspects, or whether it's just that. that. Quite, quite recently, I've said to a few people that um, it like it, his what was it de- desire to be the best. Like I feel like he wants to be the best in, in the coaching, all he wants to be the top of the game in boxing himself. So. It, like it, it's, that's a good thing for, for a boxer to have a coach who wants to be the best as well isn't it like and then um, obviously you both bring each other and it's not just the boxer who wants to be the best it's a coach who wants to be the best as well uh obviously you, you're both destined to, to do high things aren't you um mm. it just it, it, he's constantly developing himself as well though, like the whole way through like he's always been looking to develop himself as a coach whether it's to get on the england team um for his coaching whether it's to get himself the, the next level up on the coaching, he's, he's on him. He's, he's on a, a UK coaching a talent scheme pre- program at the minute, where he's he's got like a, a superior coach who's obviously teaching him through different coaching skills and whether it's the psychology, whether it's the tactical aspects of it, the whole works of it. So that's what I mean by he's constantly developing it himself. So alongside, at the same time, I'm I'm constantly developing myself so uh so yeah he he has had a bit big impact um yeah for for, for the technical and tactical aspects like i I was probably i was all right boxing before i went to him but like real little things like uh i don't don't know whether you're good with boxing jargon like like, fainting and like like when you stood in front of someone you're just like fainting and like tricking them into thinking you're going to do something basically yeah yeah having faster feet like uh yeah, just, just, just being a better boxer, um, I, I, I developed myself. And the whole way through, like if I watched videos of early uni days, well, like, that was a lot better than what I was before I started uni and then halfway through uni, I was a lot better then. And each time I thought, oh, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. And now I'm still realising like, I'm, you're still getting there because you're constantly progressing, you're constantly adding things into your game. Um, and that, now we've turned professional, you've got to change your style again because... You can't be so bouncing on your toes. You can't be so like boxing in and out. It's more so you got to plant your feet a little bit more uh, when you do from, like free shots, so you can get more power into it. So you can be an exciting fighter rather than just a point scoring fighter. Mm.
0: What do you think is the thing that makes the relationship work so well? What do you like from his maybe coaching style or his personality? What is it? Would you say?
2: Uh, like we just click. Uh, I feel like like when. Um, in the ring, log like, we, we do genuinely just click when we're working together, or like, whether it's pad work, whether it's yeah, the drills that we do, because we do drills day in day out, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, oh, well, we do, we just connect on on that. Like, the pad work literally works like clockwork, like uh, we, we've done it like that that much together now. Um, yeah, he, he knows what I'm good at. I know what he's good at. So I, I do think that that's what is, is a massive factor as to mm-hmm. as to why we do so well. Mm-hmm.
1: Talking about that moment where you decided to go pro, was that a joint decision between you and your coach, or was it primarily you? And, and, and what made you decide that this was the moment for you to go
2: pro? Uh, I, I probably wouldn't have turned pro if it wasn't for COVID. Um, I would have stuck around. Uh, we, we were looking to push, you know, like in the amateur game, or trying to push for GB, trying to win the, the nationals, um, the ABA's they are, the that's what they're called. We're looking to really push on it and on win one of them because. It, it, in the end of your amateur career, like how far have you got in in that, like d- determines how good your contract is moving into the pros. uh okay. the, the, Your amateur status is obviously the better contract you're going to get offered. Mm. Um, but then COVID hit, so we missed the championships that we were due to go in, and I, I was hands down I was going to win the championships that year. Um, we was flying the whole way through uh, up in in the lead up to that championships. Like I I'd, I'd beat with some real good kids. Um, stopped a couple as well, so like I, I was really on form, buzzing to go in those championships. Like I had a new, newspaper article in, in the boxing news, like one of the biggest boxing magazines, and like even the the, the author to that really, like article was saying that I was tipped to, to, to be the like to win them that year. Um, I'd beat the the national champion and Tri Nations champion like the the summer before. Like I was literally flying, I was due to win, and then COVID come, absolutely gutted me. Um, mm yeah so we missed that year's championships and from there it was just the case like how long was it going to be until we're going to be back in the ring there was still professional boxing going on um, behind closed doors during the covid times so we thought realistically we've got more chance of boxing in the professional game than we have in the amateur game and even if you the won the ABAs then you've got to wait for this and your assessments and that GB, you got to be invited up there, which is another few months, and then obviously to make for them to make a decision, there's another few months, and by that time, it would have been, like obviously it would have been definitely 24. Um, so by the time I was having a look, and I would have been 25, and what you're gonna do, waiting another two years for, for the European Games, Like it's just it just would have been time, and then I was like, I'm 24 now, so in that sense, it's just just the right time um, to start building our, our professional style uh, and, and set, set off. In style in the professional game mm. that was quite, that was quite long-winded wasn't it uh, <laughs> and that was The list is one
0: yeah exactly that's the whole point but it's really interesting that so yeah covid it, it really impacted a lot of people and and a lot of athletes and um just going back to to Holly so she was explaining that she kind of treated that covid period like an injury so she decided to work on her weaknesses during that period how did you go about coping with covid did you use that opportunity to better your you know your, your your boxing or was it really difficult to to kind of cope with that uh
2: yeah like i said the, the professional games is a different style yeah uh, i've developed my style as, as such to to suit the professional game a, a lot more i'm very i come a lot more aggressive in my, in my boxing you know, i'm punching a lot harder at the same time, during the lockdown, I was using somebody's Gary Obviously, James was shutting up, but I was using somebody's gary to, to make sure that I was hitting my s goals. Um, goals, building strength, building power, um, working alongside George Vernon. I don't know if you guys knew him from, from Carbuny, but he's yeah. taken strength and conditioning. Uh, and I was developed that, really. Um, that's that's my biggest thing coming out of the lockdown, obviously, developing the stars. be punching hard on my s that c Those strength games that I've, I've got, um, I was always like, I always questioned SNC because it always made me so fatigued in the boxing gym. Uh, so I always thought that was the reason why I was fatigued in the boxing gym. But realistically, it's probably just because I was overdoing it, um, like my, all my training, overdoing it. But now um, I've been lifting consistently the, the whole of lockdown. So uh, a year and a half lifting consistently, consistently um, picking up the weights, going through the phases of training, Um and also my, my running I, I, I stuck to that week in week out uh just build myself as a, better as an athlete um so yeah those two developing myself uh, as a not a technical the professional style and then also making myself a lot stronger those are the two things that i worked on in there during mm-hmm. the
0: lockdown it must have been challenging because like during that period you guys didn't really have like an angle you didn't really have a target so i guess it must have been tough like waking up every morning you know training but you didn't know when you were going to step in that's my end goal
2: would be an absolute beast mate that's (laughs) (laughs) that's, (laughs) That's something we always talk
1: about with the guests is um did you have any like 5k competitions going
2: on because i swear everyone did yeah there there was a couple of competitions but we didn't have any uh, we didn't have a 4k one um Kept, uh, one one group of lads that I know from from over balkington they all had um end of Monday. No, I'm just struggling. Going um, and uh, basically it's just like who can rack up the most miles, and the miles that some people were putting in were ridiculous. Like one lad was See. like, one lad jumped out there and started doing a marathon. Like literally, just one day, just stood up and just went and did a marathon. Everyone was like, what? And it comes to the <laughs> the last day and uh, one lad was behind by like something ridiculous like 40 miles and he went, went out there and did like a 45 like mile just to win like and he finished just at the last minute so the other lad went got his running gear on jumped out the door video and saying how ah, i'm going and then there's a lot of mate finished like you've lost you he's like what
1: oh my god did they win or was it
2: just for bragging rights i nah, just just for bragging rights. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <yeah>. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is, isn't it? Like the yeah, yeah. dedication, mm-hmm. the inner competitor. Jesus. Yeah, that's it. I, I was just thinking about all the stress fractures I was gonna pick up while doing all that. Nice man.
0: Ollie was yeah. one of them in during lockdown, trying to beat everyone's score and stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I've got that inner like competitor. I don't know but, why, yeah. but I'm super Belgian competitive.
0: The five k yeah. one.
1: Yeah, it was just for like my, like, my friend group of friends none of us are athletes it was just like what did, you, going get? On the huh?
2: what did you get what you talk nah, let,
1: let's not talk about that let's not talk about that <laughs> ah, you're <laughs> gonna put me to shape hey let, let's talk about your amateur career <laughs> no but um in terms of like you talk about your amateur career and um the sort of competitions that, you, that you've done let's talk about your achievements so uh you won the senior elite lightweight gold at the heringi is that Haringi. how you say yeah, yeah yeah i've never said that uh box cup which is the biggest box cup in
2: europe is that right yeah two of them what? yeah <laughs> i just bagged myself two of them what was that <laughs> what was that like oh that's unbelievable like that that is incredible uh obviously the, the big ones the aba's like but for boxing tournaments in england well the overseas Euro- european uh tournament like anyone can come over um well, that like, actually that was like it was Finland turned up? Australia turned up. They had Italians there. Um, I think it was Spanish as well. Uh, Canadians were there. So so the, the loads loads of countries were there. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's quality. There's like five rings altogether because the amount of, of the amount of boxes is there. It's a three day tournament. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday quarter final, semi final, final. Um, obviously you just you box whoever you box, you you are in the draw and you, that, that's what I loved about it. That's what box cups are so good. Because it doesn't matter who's in front of you, whether it's the worst kid in the category or it's the best lad in the category, like you just gotta fight them on the day and just start. you know I mean? Do, do the business to everyone, so you can't switch off, you've got to be on the ball the whole whole way through. Um, so yeah, that, that was incredible winning it. I mean, the, the first time I won it was a few years ago. Um was real good as well. I boxed two lads from down in London. Uh, probably wasn't expected to beat him. And then I boxed the lad who beat me a, a few years before that in the championships um, and beat him as well. So so winning that was class the first time, but the second time was quality. But the second time, turned up the first day, got a stoppage, stopped the lad in the second round. Um, then the second day I boxed, that was the one where I beat that. The English champion, Troy Nation uh, champion, um, I beat him the second day. No one expected me to win. Obviously, he'd been blowing everyone out. He he uh had been on like a twenty seven something stupid like twenty seven win like win streak, um yes. and yeah, so, so I beat him on, on on the semis on the Saturday and then in the final I boxed the lad who won the other English championships and beaten uh, as well in that so yeah, I, I was just on fire, um and it's it's funny because uh obviously because you're boxing at such a high level like it's it's the like boxing good lads in there the, the whole lads especially that semi-final day when i when i was boxing uh the tri-nations champion like the everyone had come from all the other rings around your ring and yeah, yeah. people stood around you watching you and to have that kind of like uh audience in the amateur game well, it's, not, it's, it's not seen too regular and it's yeah. funny because like when i when i first started uni i went out to ireland and i remember seeing like a two quality lads boxing and everyone left my ring to go and watch theirs and I remember that being in the ring being like oh shit and then I thought to myself after we've like, got one, one day that's what I want like, that's that's what that's what I'm gonna have. Um obviously everyone's gonna leave all the other rings and come watch me because cause, cause that's how that's how it should be like that so that's where the, the best kids are and yeah for that to happen that, that day was uh, I'll remember that day for the rest of my life definitely.
1: On that final day um obviously you fight and back to back to back. How is the recovery between fights? You must be knackered
2: by the last day. Oh, uh, yeah. You're knackered. Jeez. You are. Going well, up your that, adrenaline. Yeah, literally. And then you can't sleep as well because you're buzzing that you won. Right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's just... Yeah, it's hard. I'm not, I'm not even gonna say it's easy because it's not it's hard. And then I always like it, if I took a pre-workout or something like that and you had caffeine, like you you still buzzing at night time, you you lay there in bed thinking I'm in the final, I'm in the final. Can yeah.
1: imagine. That format it reminds me of um I don't know if you've ever watched the film Warrior, uh with Tom Harder. Man, what a film that is. And it sort of reminds me of that, like he just walks in, bang, comes out, and it just keeps the... going. <laughs> It's
2: only easy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, first thirty
0: seconds. Yeah. How do you kind of um, mentally prepare before stepping out to compete? Do you have like a strategy you use, like a psychological strategy, or you just go with the flow, kind of uh, kind of athlete? Uh,
2: yeah, it's 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 chopped and changed. To be fair, while, while I was young, I was, I was very much like no one's going to beat me, not like that's and the, the, the whole way through camp, I'd be like, that. I'd be like, uh, just just quite Like, I, I, don't, I don't really know what the word is, but like, no one's gonna beat me. And in my head, no one would. And i would get in there and just fight everyone and not always win because I used to just fight everyone because I'd be really aggressive and just fight people. Mm. And then obviously, I'd develop my, in, in the boxing a little bit more, like a little bit become a little bit more technical. Um, and yeah, so I'd, sometimes I did struggle with um the nerves. Uh, in the lead up, I always had a pre performance r- talking to psychologists while I was at uni u- using obviously the, the scholarship um, support. Um, there was one about obviously pre performance routines and, and having like rituals and this and that. So I stuck to it quite a lot. Obviously, like I, I have the same socks on, like even through the three de- days, it's a bit grim, but I'd still wear the same. If I wore another I would I'd wear the same socks the next day and the next day. So little things like that would, would put me in better stead. But then I had one fight in the Books Championships in the final where literally my warm-up wasn't going right, my how I listened to my music before, I felt like I could not listen to it a certain amount of time, like what i do before, fight. Like literally nothing was going right, so in my head, everything was going wrong, I thought oh shit, I'm going to lose, I'm probably going to get knocked out, and it proper stressed me out, Um and then by the time I got into the ring, obviously I'm still thinking that, and then as soon as I stepped foot in the ropes, I was just like nah, like, there's no chance this lad's beating me, like I am nailing it. Um, so I just managed to switch off from it last minute and obviously I, I smashed the fight as well. So that that wasn't a problem. And that kind of like that made me realise like you don't need pre-performance routines, you don't need anything to go right in the lead up because at the end of the day, what matters is when you're in there, like that those minutes that you're boxing, well that is the, the determining factor. Uh so it doesn't matter what, what goes on now. So I've got that that approach now, even with my, my debut just. Like, n- not one time during the warm-up did I think about what I was doing. Uh, as as such, I just made sure I got warm, made sure I prepared myself for it. Because at the end of the day, like I know, as soon as I get in them rings, like everything'll be right. Mm. And uh, that that's one thing I have picked up on. Um, I, I try not to have the, the pre-performance routines on that now, because obviously it didn't serve me too well. I just make sure I, I'm warm, make sure I, like I'm stretched, I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah. I suppose that's all what, what works for you. Um,
1: in terms of, after you've touched gloves and you go back to your corner, what's uh, what, what's going through your head during those moments? I'm
2: gonna smash this guy's head in. <laughs> 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 no, it's, it's, quite, it, it, it's quite strange because like, like, I had the conversation with a few people the other night. They're like, Jesus Christ, like, what, why was you so angry? Why was you so... I was just like, that like, I'm a very nice person outside the ring, like, and I probe myself on that as well. Um, like I, I don't give it. Like I don't give people shit and that, that that I speak to and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I do promise i be a nice, person when you get in that ring, it's just a different story. Like you, it's like an alter ego, isn't it? Um, I'm I'm a different person. Like you, you switched on. At the end of the day, the, the task is to hurt them. Like you, the, you win the fight. For me, you're gonna hurt them. But like, hopefully, they don't come of the ring hurt. Like I, I even messaged my the opponent from the other day just like make sure he's alright. And after the fight, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a brutal sport. So it's a tough sport. So especially when I go back to the corner and, and like I, I always touch Chinese, love. Um, just like, obviously that's that's when I'm ready to go, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, routine. Um yeah. But yeah, as long as I'm ready to go, that's, that's all that matters.
0: Mm. It's like you have two identities. So like um, yourself in the ring and outside the ring. It's like uh, Deontay Wilder, isn't it? Is it the bronze bomber or something like that, yeah. right?
2: yeah they call me the baby face bomber <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love man, that guy's comments though on like him wanting to like kill people in the ring
2: man it's just absolute awful <laughs> nah yeah it shouldn't Isn't be it?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It, it's boxing at the end of the day like you, you know like like, it's like i know like you can get hurt can you like and the aim is you look to knock someone out like you're not in there's no two ways about it like it, it's it's more entertaining for the fans it's yeah. better if you, you do knock someone out but Hopefully, obviously, ho- hopefully, fingers crossed, everyone just stay healthy in, because obviously you are playing sport at the same time, not playing, doing sport because you really don't <laughs> play this sport. <laughs> During your career,
1: if, like obviously talking about Deontay Wilder and um, his recent fight with Tyson Fury after the fight, I felt um, like his not non sportsmanship towards Tyson Fury where he was just like, yeah, I ain't got no respect for you, like just get out of my face. How did you find that? Have you ever had? maybe a disappointing performance or, or a loss that sticks out in your head during your amateurs where you know that you've not wanted to show sportsmanship or are you always I, I don't know if you've ever lost or, or what uh, yeah
2: yeah yeah I've, I've, I've lost, lost a few of my time um like, uh, quite a few in the early days but I, I never I was never uh that way towards my opponent like Obviously, is if they beat you, then fair enough. Like shake their hand because the same if you if you beat them, it's fair enough on you, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I don't don't agree with like sort of someone not respecting your opponent. Like I say, as soon as that bell goes to start the fight, I am that person. Like you aim to hurt and you you aim to you want you got a job to do, so you get it done. As soon as the bell goes to stop the fight, that's it. Like do you know what I mean, that like, it's over again. Mm. So you you should be that nice person. You're respectful. Um, yeah, it just goes well but better for me being that person. Someone I but find who's quite good in defeat. Go there was on. one time there was one time when someone hit me after the bell, and I made oh, sure wow. I hit me back. Like <laughs> 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 the bell's gone. Like if someone come up to you in the street and hit you, you'd hit them back, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just yeah, stand yeah. there and let them hit you. He hit me after the bell, so I thought, nah. <laughs> what, what did you do? What, did you <laughs> go after him straight away? Did the ref get involved or what? Yeah, obviously the ref. Like just, just pulled it apart then didn't it but yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's the only that's the only other time that I've, I've done anything that's slightly disrespectful but someone's going to disrespect me like they're going to get disrespected back. Yeah.
0: there was a similar situation who was it again was it uh is it he had to read the oh he What's had
1: the to... no, we didn't know the name what he said
0: Floyd Mayweather he had a really debatable win didn't he like a cheap shot and like he KO'd someone I, I saw that recently like I didn't yeah. know that about him he's actually that was a nasty shot he he. yeah he got yeah. headbutted, didn't he he got headbutted. and was that when they were touching gloves but... yeah, and then?
2: yeah they just spun it yes
0: yeah. it was that one it was yeah. that one like touch gloves the guy wasn't even protecting himself and just sp- sparked him and yeah on the fight like that
2: this is the thing, isn't it? Like it is you not know, protect yourself at all times. The ref said box. So you should be ready to you yeah. should be ready to box. And the guy wasn't ready to box. He was like saying, Oh, sorry, sorry when he just headbutted him. So
0: what do you think about that? Do you think he had the right to do that? Or would you in, in that what would you do in that situation? Would you do the same or
2: oh I wouldn't have done the same myself, but I could see where he's come from to be fair. Yeah. So he did re- like he really like jumped into the airport as well. It wasn't just a, it wasn't just a little like naughty little touch, it was a jumped into the head so yeah. in that case the bo- the ref had said box so you don't have to touch gloves like you don't have to just touch gloves and this for, th- for this guy to have done that and not expect something back. Just it's just karma they just got put out like
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I agree with Floyd Mayweather a like, I, I think he had every right to do what he did. Like he just got headwitted by someone. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know was he kind of like struggling during that uh, boxing match? Uh, I'm not sure that's what I think that's why it was so uh, you know controversial was because he won like that, you know so I don't, I don't remember but
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Someone who's quite uh, good in defeat that I find is um, Anthony Joshua like the way he handles defeat I find it I, I respect him loads more. Um, I, I don't know how he, he, he does that and especially it's such a big occasion like Anthony Joshua fights one of the biggest occasions
2: and for him to just handle it how he does I mean fair play to him like that, that that's what sits well doesn't it as well for us especially when you look at when you look at, at that level it sits well for the sponsors as well you need to keep your cool to, for you to be a good person mm. um for you to be respectful like, carry yourself in a good way like it sits well for, in the public side as well um, I know a fair few people who, who are like saying that Joshua's like he's a bit scripted. Like it's as if he's been told what to say. Like he's he's like not it's not coming from him himself. But at the same time, like if he is a nice person, if he is respectful, like being be that way when when you do lose, um, obviously, to, yeah, it's just going to be better. It's it's a lot better than like start slagging someone like off on that, isn't it? Mm. The main
1: reason why I respect something is like Joshua is is because. Like, what he's got with sponsors and stuff. Like, he's playing the game, you know? He's a self-made man, and he, he's absolutely killing it. Same for, like, I, Eddie Hearn gets a lot of stick. And, I, I mean, I, I respect Eddie Hearn so much for how much of a businessman he is, you know? Um, Are yeah. you Team Fury or Joshua? Me, Team Fury. Yeah.
2: Oof. Yeah. I thought you would be. <laughs> because because it, no, it's not it's nothing to do with joshua as such i probably prefer joshua's personality and joshua as, as a person but boxing wise oh, i yeah. just think uh, i just think yeah joshua's getting done in that one i think fury oh. just got too too much about him to he'll, he'll get dealt with long.
1: yeah 100 mm-hmm. and the same as you like i think i prefer joshua's personality
2: but um fury for sure would absolutely box him out of the to, park to be that solid to be that solid to be able to, be able to do what he does it's just ridiculous. Like, it's unspoken. of. Like, who, who else do you know who, who's done that or can do that, being that big? Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking about, um, obviously, university to, uh, to professional, what was that? How different was those two styles of fighting? So, was, was it hard to adapt? Um, obviously, you've trained through COVID. Um,
2: how different are the two? Uh, they they are. They, they are quite. Uh, quite different but at the same time like and how do I explain this like in the amateur game like it's very much point scoring it's very much like uh, like you you land shots on on the target area so like obviously there on on the stomach if you land clean shots you're not but but you're not looking to really like hurt people as such Um, whereas a professional game is it's entertainment the same as well like like and obviously you go going you go in longer, longer, more, more rounds, aren't you? Um, so obviously people do normally like settle their feet down and, and, and like plant their feet a lot more and, and move around less. But with my style, it definitely suits me to to carry on being fast on my feet, just to stay on your toes. Like, you do look at like the, the greatest wars out there, like your your Lomachenkos, you might need Pacquiao's and people like that. they've got very fast feet and they can consistently keep that going for the full fight. Uh, they they don't they're not slow their feet that like they just box that way. Are you a southpaw then? Southpaw, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm obviously
1: I'm not too I'm a very casual, casual boxing fan. Like why do people talk of Southpaws
2: being so awkward to box? <laughs> yeah, they hate it. Everyone hates Southpaws, Why? They? Why though? Because it, it it's it's where you positioned like um the for me, the the best thing is you're a little bit further away as well. That's that's why it's good to be like a little bit higher on your feet as as a southpaw and have fast feet, so you can shut the distance down and, mm. and get your shots off because uh, you are a little bit further away. Um, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, I is, it, is it is like, it something
1: to do with like your primary hand and like if they're yeah, right-handed, yeah. it's hard to fight a southpaw because mm-hmm. of the different setup, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's the positioning as well, like being. I would say if this was an orthodox person, the cellboard gets down the side of them there. So the back yeah. end comes down the middle and the lead up comes down the side. And okay. people can't seem to suss that one out. Um yeah. whereas if you're orthodox, obviously it's, it's the other way around. So you you you're not clashing. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's it's a tough one to explain without being able to show you like a, a <laughs>
0: <laughs> <people>. demonstration now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Wait is it and there's not a lot of south southpaws right it's is it rare also nah. like people don't really train to fight south southpaws or, or am i wrong
2: that used to be the case but there's oh, okay. a lot of southpaws kicking about now so especially like in the gyms i've trained in they're making sure that they are training both because there are a lot more southpaws uh these days than there was i even know if you write it. obviously normally uh southpaws are left-handed like i am uh, so your backhand is is your, your stronger punching hand I do know a lot of right-handed southpaws as well now, because people are just choosing to to switch to southpaw because it's obviously you have the advantages of the full position. Yeah.
1: Uh, What's it like when two southpaws fight? Is that then just like an even fight?
2: Oh, uh, it's hard, isn't it? Because um, because obviously you train to box an orthodox. So <laughs> yeah. if, you, you, I'd be moving that one way. I'd be throwing a certain shots. That work well against an orthodox so when you do fight a southpaw you have to switch it around again it's like it's like a orthodox orthodox yeah, so is, yeah. um i recently spotted a southpaw like it was a very good kid and it was just strange because his jab was a lot closer so you got to, you've got to adjust yourself again so it's, yeah, it's, yeah when, it's,
1: when you was training for your style was that a conscious decision that you wanted to be a southpaw or is it something that just happens naturally, like
2: throughout you just learning the sport? Like, how, how does that come about? Now, obviously I was left-handed, so when I was first taught the thing, um, taught the box, they said, if you're left-handed, you're a southpaw, and that's just, that's just how it goes. Right, okay. But, like, obviously moving through my career, it's not the case. You do have some right-handed southpaws who've got strong lead hooks. Mm. Um, but but me as such, I, I never used to box like southpaw. I used to box like northpaw. I used to stand, stand like in the wrong place as such. Um, For a southpaw, like really, really like in front of people, whereas it's better for southpaws to work around the side of them, around side the orthodox. So you're not down the line, like in line with the backhand with with your opponent's backhand. So that's that's what I did transition with when when I moved to uni. Um, Working with Shiny we worked like how to box better as a southpaw. Uh, Basically, like utilize those those advantages that you do have as as a a southpaw. Yeah, obviously, where, where a lot more of the wins come in. Yeah, right. Let's
1: talk about the uh, the big one then. Your debut in the pro. So, like leading into it, what was that like? So, uh, you do what was it the weigh in? So, so what was that like? Is that different from what you've ever had before in terms of weigh ins or, or is it quite similar?
2: No, to be fair, everything felt new. Everything was like oh, I jumped into a new sport because there's obviously there's cameras all there. It's uh, it's uh, on the Frank Warren the BT coverage on the show, so it's it's on like a real big stage. So I've never been to a way in where there's been cameras all pointed in the front and everyone stood in the room and like yeah, you go up there yourself and you give it the old flex and that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> normally like in the amateur game, it's, you just line up. You're all on, like as, as strange as it sounds to to non-boxers. you all stood there in your boxes ready to weigh in one behind the other just like obviously one jumps on the scales then the weight gets dropped down you walk off next one next one next one you just reel, reel them off through But well, this was like a proper occasion like i stood there so i was thinking what what do i do where do i where do we go <laughs> and i went down there jumped on the scales oh, i forgot to flex because my weight basically I have to eat and drink before the, the weigh-in because i found out my opponent had come in like like was coming in heavier when he actually got on the scales, he was ten pounds heavier. Like, yeah, I remember up. seeing that on your IG. Like, yeah. <laughs> how did that? How did that make you feel? Uh, I was alright because he's quite short, He just had a big belly. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, it didn't didn't really bother me that much. It would have bothered me if he was about six foot two, and uh, yeah, if he was ten pounds heavier and six foot two, it would have bothered me a little bit. Uh, but because he was a little little bit shorter big belly, uh, it didn't really bother me. I just thought, yeah, he's not going to be, yeah. not going to be fantastic but I, it was one of these where i'd, I'd cut to make the weight because so obviously we got told a certain weight so i had cut to get down there and then before the weigh-in well yeah about half hour before the weigh-in my manager came up to me was to like what is your actual weight so you had to go upstairs and check my weight and i was a little bit light like, for what i should be so i had to eat some pasta and drink, drink some water and that just just to obviously bring my weight up and then so i'd actually ate and drank and he was still 10 pounds heavier than me um Jesus. So yeah, but but yeah, the, the whole occasion was, was a bit mad. Um, I'm glad I've done it once already because now I know, but it's, it's definitely a lot lot different to, to the amateur game. Mm-hmm.
1: Leading into that fight, so let's let's talk about Friday. What, what time was you sort of
2: fighting? What
1: time? Uh, was the fight?
2: Yeah, it was all it was all scheduled. Like obviously, they give you that's why it's, it's a lot more professional in the pre- professional games, <laughs> I suppose. the like it's a whole event, isn't it? So we had obviously the, the time list, and I was due to be on at quarter past five. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, leading so, into it, went. yeah, well,
1: what was the lead up like up to that? Then,
2: uh, was you nervous? Uh, I'd say a, a little bit. Not, but not, not. I was surprised how how not nervous I was because obviously at the early in the, in the early stages of your career. You boxing like pretty much journeyman on you in the boxing. Yeah, you're not going to be chucked in the deep end and have a real tough fight to start with. You have to get used to the whole different environment. So they do get you, dog. Obviously, lads who haven't won many, who do do come do like to, to get the, the other lads' experience. Yeah, I wasn't nervous to fight the guy. I was probably nervous because I wanted to make an impact. I wanted to make a big statement coming into the professional game. Mm. Um, a few people questioned how hard I was punching, uh, because obviously I, I was a very technical boxer in the amateur game. Uh, but then I wanted to show people like how hard I am punching um, and like how, how I am planning to progress in the professional game. So that was probably more so what I was nervous about. Uh, but then in the lead up, I, I, I'd say I wasn't really nervous. I was just buzzing. As mm. soon as I got to the arena, um, we had to get a taxi from the hotel to the arena uh, all paid for by them we didn't have to pay for none of which, which was class Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah and, and I was just sat there in, in the taxi just looking around thinking oh, this is this is it oh, this is time like, oh, I'm ready for this this is definitely where I'm supposed to be as soon as I got to the arena same again we got into the arena we had a look around we walked through the little the, the walkway where, where the ring walk is looked at the arena and just nothing in me felt like I didn't belong there like, oh, I definitely felt like I could belong there I was ready for that occasion and that's how it was, really. The, the whole way up to to the fight um, started getting warm and just everything just felt right. Uh, everything did feel, feel right that day. The, the ring walk was quality. They messed up my uh, walking song. It was supposed to be a skeptic song. They ended up putting Black Eyed Peas on. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. I bet <laughs> you're dreaming that moment of coming yeah.
1: out to your song as well. And yeah,
2: oh. for years, like for years and years, I've told everyone like, my walkout song can going to be skeptical I was it's going to go off. like I'm mad yeah. and ended up coming black art piece what was it boom 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 boom, is it oh my
1: god (laughs) 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 I I would have told him to re-up it I'd bought Bankini go (laughs) (laughs) I'm not coming out (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh god Uh, so so you got a stoppage Um, what before going into the fight did you have like an outcome that you was going for or or a round or or was it mainly you just going to go in there and, and, and execute
2: I was going out there that the plan was to stop like that, that That's how I'm going to carry on being in the professional game, to be fair. I want to be an exciting fighter. I want to, I want to be one of them fighters that people remember the fights um, remember the occasion. Um, I do want to be an exciting fighter. I want to get the stoppages I'm going to push from every time. I train hard like hard enough that I'm going for the stoppages. So if I'm training that way, that's what I'm going to do in the ring at the end of the day. Like everyone always says, training is just it's the preparation for the fight. The, the fight's won in training really so if I'm training for the stoppage the stoppage is just going to it's just going to come no, it's more likely to come anyway yeah me and uh, John are going to have to get ourselves down to some yeah you no, should man you should I've said to everyone like a, a fair few people have come, come down to, to this one and they all as soon as the fight finished I was talking to them obviously saying thanks for coming they were like oh it's quality they are like oh I'm going to bring all my mates in that now Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. you, just, you just have to be there to experience it but for, for mm. the crowd it, it's an experience in themselves never no mind for the boxer yeah so i've never actually
1: been to a, a, a boxing fight yeah um hard. i've always like dreamt of going to one so yeah definitely i'm, uh, I'm definitely gonna get myself down
2: yeah. nah, you, honestly you should let me know i'll so say yeah, I take it <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: um so, so, go on john
0: i just have a quick question um you know did you learn anything from that kind of event about maybe yourself or how, like how you're gonna handle yourself in next fights or
2: well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's gonna be yeah it, learn what I learn it's gonna be a similar story like like I said going out there especially early on in this, in this career uh, to stop people doing the exciting fighters to put the pressure on fighters, uh, to be punching hard so like it's just gonna be a demolition job from now on. Yeah, uh, yeah. About it. like I, I, I'm very glad that I've done the first one now because obviously especially the way in the wing was a strange experience. It was a strange experience going to a massive like a big arena like like the utility arena is because uh, it's not like a little social club where you're boxing the amateurs um but like i said it it just like the shoe just fits on the night and i do feel like the shoes just gonna fit moving forward because th- this is where all i'm supposed to be
0: Love that i'm gassed
2: uh, <laughs> on. is it against that though like yeah it's it's a bit mad it, it was definitely a surreal uh, uh, experience but yeah it's a bit mad <laughs> What are the main objectives for
1: your career now going forward in the pro game? What, what do you want to set out to achieve? Let's say you look back at your boxing career when you've retired. What do you want to have achieved by then?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a massive one for the domestic scene, isn't it? The, the British title. I definitely yeah. want to set my sights on a British title. Um, and it, it's hard to say. A few people have asked me, and that is my my minimum minimum to get a British title. Yeah. Um, well, from there, well, the professional games it, it is, a, it is a sport in itself. You, you start from a clean slate, don't you? Yeah. Um, so whether you're a good amateur or a bad amateur it doesn't mean you're going to be a good or a bad professional. And that, and that's just how it works. So I'm just excited to see and see where I can take it. I'm excited to see how the development goes over the years. I've signed on to Frank for Frank Warren for three years now. So by the end of the three years, I'm excited to see what position I am, because it's going to obviously de- determine which direction I'm going to take, go. Mm going to take it here here by there make sure i'm hitting on my training goals make sure i'm I'm as strong as i can and as fit as i can and obviously Mm. the the results will come from that
1: in terms of your weight class who's like the 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 top boy in your weight class at
2: the moment in the pro scene uh you got the likes of like joe cordina there's the uh is it anthony kakachi just beat leon woodstock oh Uh, yeah
1: leon woodstock's from um i'm from leicester so I think he I swear he's from, from
2: Leicester, I think. Yeah, he's a good lad, Leon. He's spying a few times over the last yeah.
1: He's a good lad, man. There's a there's a couple of guys like CJ Challenger. Um as well. Yeah, no. Do you know of um like I swear Apollo, Apollo Boxing? I don't know if you know of them. Uh they they put on shows in, in Leicester and they're getting quite big, like some of the some of the things and the promo they do from for amateur, I find is crazy.
2: Yeah, it's good for the amateur scene. There's there's a lot of clubs that are take, taking on more more things, and for for the amateur scene to, to have big shows, like it's just class for the kids. Yeah, uh, that's where the boxes are made at the end of the day. So if you can if you can make the experience for the boxes look a lot better, you're more likely to get the boxes to to stay on and carry on.
1: Yeah, do you think you'll stay in your current weight class, or do you think you'll have a dot between different ones?
2: No, I'm, I'm comfortable where I am. Um, yeah. I'm a good size for super forever. I haven't yet made super february. Obviously, I boxed this, I boxed the super lightweight the other day. I weighed in it lightweight. Um, but I do think obviously with the knowledge that I gained while I was at the university doing that sports nutrition masters, I did research a lot about the weight cuts and how to do it. Mm. And uh, less than the fact that I, I do sweat a lot, so it is very easy for me to to sweat out some more weight. Yeah. Um I will stay at Super February, so whether I can make February or not, um we've got to we've got to see how we go. I won't be stepping up the weights though Um, I'll definitely stay a super feather it's the best weight for me we've got another lad who sweats a lot shut up I knew you were going to say it as
1: soon as you said as soon as you said you sweat a lot and John knew I was going to say it you should
0: see me in the gym uh like i sweat so much but even in everyday life um, show just, us
1: the pits nah, i'm not showing <laughs> yeah. anything
2: i'm not showing
0: anything i'm not exposing myself once again Nah, but I, literally even like the coach was telling me like i swear you're like the the person in the gym that's what's the most like it's ridiculous
2: yeah. uh, don't worry mate I'm, I'm that person as well it's like, so just- annoying yeah like by the end of it like when we finish the tough bag session all like, this sweat all around the floor like where I've been like, yeah. you know where it that way <laughs> <laughs> S- sign I'm of a hard your, worker yeah, yeah marking <laughs> your territory yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, can, In, uh... I just see the pits now <laughs> Man. Yeah. come on John it's I'm, just I'm not anything it's are you map. crazy yeah, <laughs> I'm never
0: gonna expose myself there's a video on, uh, on our Instagram a few months back uh, you'll see it. you'll see it.
1: <laughs> yeah. oh god it, um, but no, move it on, because don't embarrass John anymore. Yeah, sorry. About- uh, in terms of uh, the psychology of boxing, um, something that I've started asking all, all the guests um, in terms of their sport, because uh, if for any kids grow, like looking to develop as a boxer, uh, if they are to develop these psychological qualities that you think make a successful boxer, then they can do that. So what psychological qualities do you feel make a successful boxer or have been integral to you being so successful and making the pro to the professional
2: game it's that it's that self-confidence i'd say yeah. self-confidence without the arrogance like you, like okay. do arrogance it, it is a negative trait to have i feel like if you can be confident in yourself and, yeah, and be a nice person at the same time it's, 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 it takes yourself a long way mm. but um the, the the biggest one for me is resilience like, like uh, within boxing because at the end of the day not not every fight going to go the, the way you want it to go uh, like I lost twenty five of the seventy five that I had in the amateur game, um, but each time, well like, you just dust yourself off, you go again, and that's like that's a psychological trait that you can take through your, your whole life. Mm. That ability to to dust yourself down and go again, like, um, is is like, is a very is a very like, very good trait to have. Uh, yeah, even through the training. Um, Obviously then you pick up injuries along the way, whether your, your training sessions ain't going well, your your life's going bad along along like alongside your boxing, away from your training, you still got to stay resilient, you still gotta work hard, you still gotta grind it out uh, to get the best out of yourself. Um mm. so yeah, like Locke said that, that plays in the boxing, that plays away from it. That resilience is a, sort of something that the, the best boxers all have. Okay.
0: I'm curious, have you ever worked with a sports psychologist uh, during your career up to now?
2: Yeah, I've worked worked with a couple now. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, I've worked with a couple, obviously, while I was at uni, um, I worked with, with, I did see a couple. um, uh, Yeah, and then my my mate's done, I don't know if you'd know him, actually, uh, he did psychology, did sports psychology at Loughborough, uh, Elliot Sharp, you know.
0: Oh, I've heard the name before. I've, I think I've seen him on uh, on social media. Yeah. Uh, is, he, is he Ginger?
2: Yeah, Ginger like. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. One of my best mates. He is. Oh, nice. He's killing it now, working at Villa and that. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's doing real well. I've done a few sessions with him, and the sessions that I did with him were, was quality. It was more like he's really like breaking things like to, to look at things deeper, like why would I think in a certain way? Rather than, I've done quite a lot of stuff with the psychological skills. Uh, but the work of Elliot was 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 really good and like, really opened my eyes up to, to how I can develop in psychology, not just mm-hmm. looking at psychological skills, looking at everything. But mm. it was oh.
0: What was he doing? Was he kind of like, uh, yeah, t- tell us more, what did the kind of sessions look like? Was it more you leading it or...
2: Yeah, it, it was it was a bit mad. This is what I, I couldn't get my head around to start with because he was kind of like like kind of like asking me questions and then like making me answer them and he was just like, What what do you feel like you need to do and what do you what do you? And I was just like, Well, no, you're the psychologist, you should yeah. tell me what to do. Not, not why what should I. Mm. But that, that's how it that's how it was so much different to the other sessions that I've had. Rather than being told what to do, he was like open it up. So I was finding the answer um to, to, to what I needed to do. And then also it, it was things like um, before one of the sparring sessions, I was saying about how I like, wasn't confident with doing. Uh, I was frustrated because what one of the sparring sessions didn't go very well, and he was like, "Well, hang on, like break it right back." He was like, "What are you good at?" Rather than rather than kicking yourself for, for what's not going well at the minute, he was like, "Break it, break it down. Like, what are your what are your best traits, and what can, what can you do that you know you're going to do well that you can stick by?" So wh- when things aren't going right, what can you revert back to? And it was like, "Geez, what?" Like, Actually, yeah, there are certain few things I do do really well that separates me from the rest and rather than trying all these new things. This was during the the development of trying to take on the professional style. It was kicking myself because I wasn't getting things as fast as I wanted to. to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, to being able to revert back to what I was actually good at um, and and the things I do well in the next spot I was flying because obviously I tried a, a few new things, but then continuously kept coming back to what I was good at. So the spa did go very well for me and I I spanked him a a lot after that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting you bring that up because something we really tried to promote during uh, this podcast is that um, there's different styles of sports psychologists. And the fact that you've maybe tried something like that, those psychological skills, realize they they're not really for you, but you've tried another sports psychologist who's got a completely different style and that sort of works for you. And it's the say it's the same with like boxing the different styles it's different styles of, of sports psychologists and it's different for everyone in what works for them it's just about finding that so if anyone out there has tried a sports psychologist you know um don't if you have a bad experience it's not the end of the world try a different one you know and it, it'll probably work for you in the future
2: yeah it, it, i mean i I question what elliot was doing to me with me to start with because obviously i would never seen it before so obviously Going from what I learned myself a little bit, doing a little bit of psychology in in sport and exercise, uh, science, master, um, undergrad and that, um, you learn about psychological skills. So when I'd never actually seen it in in practice, what he was doing, I questioned it. I was like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this with me? And But then if I I just stuck it out and tried it and uh, yeah, what what Elliot does is very beneficial, very, very good.
1: Yeah, for sure um but in terms of uh all the questions we had for you they were all the questions but we obviously asked our social media if they got any questions for you and this is sort of the segment where me and john just reel them off one for one getting your insight into the questions they ask you so uh the first one is obviously i feel like you've already answered this it was uh where do you see yourself in the prime of your boxing career you said the british title
2: is there anything else you'd want to build off that question or world title, me we're not stuffing in there like okay. We're... The sky's the limit, isn't it? in yeah. boxing. That's what I've come to realize. Um, look at a lot of the world champions in, in boxing. They're not amazing boxers. All you got to do is win on the night. It's just got to be your night. So you've just got to be better than that person in front of you on that night. You don't, have to, you don't even have to be better than the person in front of you. You just have to land a clean shot on the end of the chin and it's the game over for you and you win a world title. So that's why boxing's so good. That's why I chose to, that's another reason why I chose to pursue boxing because. Like you don't have to be the best boxer, you don't have to be the best athlete. Like boxing, just if the shoe fits, the shoe fits. Mm. So anyone's got the chance. Hundred
0: yeah. percent. Okay. So the second question was: If you have kids, would you want them to follow a boxing career as well?
2: Uh, I I would, I would. Yes, okay. probably. It all depends what they want to do, isn't it? Like uh, that—that's—that's that's the end. of what? What do they want to do? Yes, I'm going to put gloves on on the end of their fist from from the day they're born. <laughs> but but no, nah, to be fair, I've had a I've had a, some very very good experiences, but I've had some very bad bad experiences through boxing as well. So it's very much up to up to mm-hmm. them. What would they want to do? I wouldn't I wouldn't push them massively. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: okay. And then the final one is: uh, What's your main
2: motivation when training? Uh, when training. And train to to better myself as an athlete. I've, I've, I've said it many times. Um, I do want to be I want to be the best athlete. I Want to be the best boxer. Um, yeah, it's, it's that continuous progression. Like I've just got to strive to better myself. Uh, whether it's in the ring, whether it's out of the ring, I have got that strive. If I'm not doing anything, I feel like I should be doing something. Yeah. Um, so that that is one of the main ones. The other one is I, I do always look back to my family. Like I want to bring bring. Boxing, I want to bring great nights, want to bring success to, to my family. Um, they are massive motivators for me. yeah, hundred percent. That's a big one for me as well, family. Um, uh, I, the, the biggest thing for me, like, it's a little bit cheesy. Like, my niece put on like a Timo in t-shirt, man, and that's what I've dreamed on. Like, having, having the kids of uh, the family put on, put on your kit and like be there yeah. to support. Like, I was getting a little like, emotional. While I was there. I was like, wow, like, you know, like one of them like Eureka moments. Like, that's that's what you wait for. That's what you dreamed of, and it's happening. Yeah. Hundred percent.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, those moments are just the best ones you cherish when you're older as well, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, but there are all the questions we had for you. Thanks so much for coming on, man. It's been a, it's been an unreal chat um for this like hour and twenty minutes. i have properly it. 20. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, how's I just chat the time. I'm literally. So
2: I've been moving hours all day. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> We've
0: drained you.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, th- thanks so much. Um, normally, we give this moment. To, if you want to shout anything out, all your socials, and that will be in the description of the YouTube nice. video. Is there anything else you want to shout out?
2: No, 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 I just want to say thanks a lot, lads. No. Cheers for having me on, man.
1: Yeah, no, for great sure. Work doing as well. one, We'll be supporting you in your future fights. Yeah, that's another sure. one. Yeah,
2: look out for tickets, guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 will be there.
1: I got that in for you, then. <laughs> <do> you <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. If you could please share this uh, with your friends or someone you feel will benefit from it. Most importantly, like, subscribe, comment down below any questions or guests you'd like us to get on in the future. Also go follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Links will be in the description of the YouTube video. Other than that, thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next one.